I had wonderful experiences and there were things that I definitely will take away as growth promoting things. And I don't think they were unique to Burning Man. What's happening, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, I'm talking with my good friend, Noah Julian, a Philadelphia movement and yoga instructor, and overall, just amazing young man. We're going to be chatting about his experiences at Burning Man. Noah uh, obviously was recently at Burning Man and came back and started blogging and talking about his experiences in such a lovely way that I wanted to have him on so he can dive in a little bit deeper with those experiences and just share with us because most my experience most people go to burning man and come back and it's like i had this life-changing event there were butterflies flying out of my ass and it was amazing and noah came back and just been really real about it and i really appreciate that i really appreciate people living their truth being authentic and doing it in a loving way, but just saying, this, this is me, and maybe I didn't have that same experience, but I still had an experience, and I'm going to share it with everyone. So Noah tells us some stories. I do want to apologize when we started the episode. I had a big piece of dark chocolate in my mouth. I don't know what I was thinking, trying to talk with dark chocolate in my mouth and introduce Noah, so I apologize for that. But before we dive into this episode... I want to tell you a little bit about some things that are happening in my world in case you would like to join me in my world. Every Wednesday night from 6 to 7, I teach a Kundalini yoga and meditation class at Yoga Brain in Philadelphia in the East Falls section. If you'd be interested in coming and you have never done Kundalini yoga before, please come. Give it a try. It's a lot of fun. This practice has completely changed my life. I absolutely adore it and I feel that it is super powerful and life-changing. Along with that, I'm now offering private kundalini sessions in person and virtual private sessions, meaning through the interwebs, through our telephones, through technology. So if you are somewhere else in the world and you want to do a private kundalini class with me, you can. We'll FaceTime, we'll Skype, we'll use one of the many technologies that are now available to us to make that happen. Outside of the yoga world, I'm also now offering manifestation coaching, creativity coaching, life coaching, transformational coaching, we can say. I have about two or three more slots available to work with people that want to dive deeper into connecting with their passion, their purpose, their bliss. And that's something different for all of us. But I have found it's a huge passion for me working with people in this way, helping to coach you, guide you, be your cheerleader, be your support, keep you accountable in moving in that direction. So if you would be interested in hearing more about that, please send me an email to joe at joelongophotography.com. You can find all of this information on my website, which will slowly be changing names. That's right. There's a new name coming for all of this. And that new name is Inspire, Create, Manifest because I feel that is what I do. Sure, I am a photographer. You can go to joelongophotography.com or you can now go to inspirecreatemanifest.com. It'll take you to the same wonderful house that has all of my offerings because I'm, I'm more than just a photographer. I'm more than just a wonderful podcast host. I'm a coach, a creativity coach, a manifestation coach, a teacher, a guide, 
all of that good stuff. And I decided to own it all and put it all under one roof. So now you can go to inspirecreatemanifest.com and see everything that I have to offer. Now I will stop talking about myself. I'm going to grab a cup of coffee and sit down and listen to this episode as well. So kick back, enjoy this episode with Noah Julian, and I will talk to you on Sunday for my coffee talk. Have a great week, everybody. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. I'm with my good friend, Noah Julian. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm sorry, I have a, a wonderful piece of dark chocolate in my mouth. Noah just made us a wonderful dinner. Chicken, bacon, sweet potatoes, pickles, all kinds of goodness. Sorry, vegans. Or meat eaters. Yeah, it was a very, uh, very non-vegan friendly no, dinner. No, not at all. It's so delicious. Anyone listening, if Noah ever says you want to come over for food, say yes. <laughs> say yes. It's and the vegans best. as well. I will adapt. I happily adapted. I wanted to adapt to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best text to receive. Hey, man, what are you doing? You want to come over and eat? Yes, I do. I like not only is the food always delicious, but you have like a a farm in the backyard. Yeah. So it's like everything is coming. Did you see my uh, my my story post that I made right before you got here? No. My mom got her second ticket for uh, the lawn being unkept. Are you serious? Yeah. It's Roxborough. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my mom like has like a it's a duplex. I rent the second floor from my mom, my stepdad, and they their whole property. Joe is more in charge of growing the food, so we have a lot of vegetables and stuff like that. And then my mom does more. She's trying to make the area as habitable for Well, right. Isn't there a sign that says it's like a certified nature habitat? Exactly. Yeah, they've done a few different like uh, pollinator-friendly certification and a uh, certified habitat. So like they're providing nesting for various animals for snakes and ground nesting birds and they have enough like water sources and food sources so they can be considered a wildlife habitat and still getting and they got a ticket I'm still for getting a ticket. Lawn. but then you walk down the street and it's all these like true green lawns where it's mm. all sprayed with chemicals so it can look a little bit greener right right <laughs> so do psychedelics and walk at walk bare <laughs> <laughs> that's a trip man Eating mushrooms and then taking the walk through Roxborough to get to the Wissahickon. Oh. And it's like you're going through the train station. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the weird reality that I live in. Wow, that must be <laughs> so interesting. I've been Not walking. that I would ever do that. No, yeah, never. It's illegal. Stella, <laughs> Stella and I have been doing like a two-mile neighborhood walk in the morning and at night. It's just about two miles. It's interesting. It's a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm really intrigued by some of the really old houses, and then right next to the really old, cute little, like, house is now this, like, giant modern monstrosity. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't fit in. But it's like, oh, the land is here, we're going to build it, and it just doesn't fit from, like, this cute bungalow to this massive thing. But whatever. I'm enjoying my walks with Stell. We're having a good time. 
listening to a book or some podcasts. Yeah, I enjoy doing that when I when I get the opportunity to watch style. Yeah, right. <laughs> Walking around your neighborhood. Yeah, we have to talk about that. I, I need a babysitter again. Um, so Noah, Noah's been on the podcast before, and we've been friends for a while. And if you follow Noah, let's just start with this. Where can they follow you? Uh, I'm Noah Moves on pretty much everything. So right. Instagram is where I'm most active at Noah Moves, and um, the Facebook is either at Noah Moves or Noah Julian Moves. I have both. Like one's a fan page that I never update, and then one's a. All right. But, but pretty Instagram safe at Noah. Yeah. Mi- yeah Instagram at Noah Moves. And then NoahMoves.com is my website. Go go follow him on both. I'll link him everywhere. But Noah was recently at Burning Man. I was. And we were trying to schedule this. Fish out of water. He he, he was like, I'm going to Burning Man. I'll be back and then we'll get together. And I thought, you know, we would just have some great conversations about what happened at Burning Man. But since you've been back, you've been putting out (laughs) what I feel. And a lot of people have also shared their, their, their joy about this. Your real feelings about Burning Man. Because I think most people that come back or have been there come back with this like oh my goodness like the fairy tale it's a spiritual experience yeah Our all of the thing time. like yeah yeah and it was just great and yeah. like floated on air and everything was magical and I I cannot recall seeing anyone post and tell the story the way that you're <laughs> telling it from your experience and it is so Awesome. That's what happens when a self-proclaimed introvert goes to Bernie. <laughs> right? You know, when you said you were going, I was like, wow, this is interesting. Because, I mean, I've known Noah a while. I know Noah likes to kind of chill by himself. <laughs> Might be a little introverted. And I'd like to say I'm an introvert extrovert. Like, I would, throw me on a stage. I'll love it. But I don't, I don't think I would ever want to put myself in Burning yeah. Man. Not even for a day. Someone was like, you should go photograph it. And I was like... No way. No. God bless the people that do go photograph it, but I would yeah. never want to. So I don't even know where to start. Where should we start with? Well, I'll give you the abridged version of... How it happened? How, how you got there? Why, you even, why did you even go to Burning Man? <laughs> I was... <laughs> well, the same way, Joe, that you just said, like, people come back and they talk about it as this amazing thing that they went through. It was a curiosity mm-hmm. that I always assumed would remain a curiosity. And I had a friend who basically said he would make it really easy if I wanted to go. And the way the, the, way the situation was presented, that I would probably be doing some work on a camp, I'd be doing, like, some body work, and they would put me up in... A nice situation uh, and I reluctantly agreed to that I, I said no initially and I I the exact lines I had to him or excuse me the exact line that I had to him was I wish I was the kind of person who would say yes but I'm not mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like went to bed and ruminated on that and said like well what is that come on like if you if you wish you would say yes, why don't you just say yes? And it was kind of like, this opportunity is never going to present itself for it to be this easy. Um, so I said yes, and then enough things changed along the way that it wasn't what I agreed to, but I kind of kept, and this is my tendency with things, I kind of, I'm okay with a lot of things that aren't what I want, 
and I'll allow the needle to go so far the other way that I've already gotten myself in so deep that it's it seems silly for me to pull out at this point. Mm-hmm. It was actually part of my post that I made this morning. I said, like, I've chosen, I've chosen known hells out of the fear that something else could be worse. Uh-huh. And this is not the same example, but it, it, it follows that pattern of, like, once I'm in a thing, I don't really know how to pull myself out of it. And I can realize that, oh, this thing is not for me. And I, I appreciate getting to say, like, I learned that I know myself very well. I knew I was going to hate Burning Man. And I didn't hate Burning Man, but... But I hated Burning Man. (laughs) 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 The reason I say it like that is that the first post I made was the way that I try to present a lot of stuff on Instagram is that I don't feel like most people want to hear my inner dialogue. Mm -hmm. And my inner dialogue is as honest as anyone's inner dialogue would be. Uh, but I don't put myself in a lot of extroverted situations, so I'm very calculated in how I want to present the argument. Like, I can see both sides. I can see where there's a good and a bad to most things. And it was like, okay, I see the benefits that people get out of Burning Man, but it's just not for me. And that was the, that was the initial push that I had, I had decided that was what I was going to make about Burning Man, and the next day I was going to go back to posting pictures that you had taken of me, and... <laughs> talking about my practice and somebody commented and said it sounds like you have more to say you I I don't get your point and I responded with I don't have a point like there was no point here it was just to say this is not for me and if it's for you cool I I appreciate whatever you get your kicks out of Mm -hmm. I I posted a picture of a pickup truck that had the words burning man is stupid painted across it and I said I didn't enjoy myself, and I don't think it's stupid. I think if you build community and you're creative there and all these other great things that can come out of it, then great. It's just not my thing. And when I got resistance, which I got a lot at Burning Man when people would say, are you having a good time? And I would say, I can't wait to go home. And they would try to like, well, what do you mean? You don't like my thing? And that is a cultish mentality that I've entered in so many communities that I have been a part of, Mm -hmm. of yoga and music, and it's like, if you don't like the same music, or you're not involved in this lineage of practice, um, there can be an ostracization, oh goodness gracious, Mm -hmm. that happens, and I felt like I wasn't allowed not to like it, even though I wasn't saying there's anything wrong with it, it's just not my thing. Right. (laughs) It's on your... Sunday for my little coffee talk by myself that I've been doing with the podcast this season, I talk about that, like finding your truth and whatever my truth is, it's never going to be your truth. And I shouldn't try to make my truth your truth. And it's the same kind of thing. Like you should totally be able to say, yeah, I'm, it's cool that you like it. I'm, I'm totally, I was here six minutes and I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay if I make that decision. Right, exactly. Like, there's no, you shouldn't, or you're wrong, or just stay, it'll mm-hmm. get better. Will it? Will the sand get out of my ass crack? I mean, <laughs> that's just what I feel. not for eight days, man. That was, a, that, was a, that was a new one for me. And I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I would walk the Appalachian Trail and not do this. Like, it was like, there are things that I have wanted to do and was like, that's going to be really difficult. And that was the thing that people would say at Burning Man. It's like, well, it's not all easy. And it's like, yeah, but you have to want 
the the gem that you're walking toward in order to walk through the the tiger's den. It's like it's you you have to want the thing that you're going after. I didn't want what Burning Man was offering, mm -hmm. so to then have to go through the oh my god, all of these things that are not pleasant when the gem wasn't my gem. Right. It's different. Like I would definitely consider walking the Appalachian Trail and not taking a shower for a week. And mm -hmm. it's like, all right, I can be in that. Right, but there's probably like a stream or something that you can jump in along the Appalachian that is Trail true. that you can that is true. And clean yourself a little bit. I would think. I've never walked. I think I walked like two feet on the Appalachian Trail. Um, but yeah, a different, different environment. Very, I, yeah. I, like I said earlier, I, it wouldn't be a place that I would be able to hang out. It was very hard. It was, I mean, for... Just the environmental stuff of it's, um, I had said to you earlier, like, so your days are above 90, and you can't really be inside if you don't have air conditioning, which I didn't have for a lot of the trip, so you have to be in it, and my in it varied between, like, finding a place that I could put my hammock at the top of a structure and just kind of, like, watch it from above, mm -hmm. uh, and... And, you know, that was pleasant. Like, I could write about it and realize, like, oh, these are going to be fun stories I'm going to share with friends at the time. It didn't turn into, like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to now write pages and pages <laughs> of blogs. <laughs> but it's good. And, you know, just from, like, the people that I've talked to, and I hope you're seeing the response as well, people are really enjoying it. I've gotten both. No, I'm sure. Like you said with your GoFundMe, like, I've gotten, like, I... <sighs> I had yesterday, I had, a, I had a feeling of like, oh, this is why you stop doing these types of public things. This is why, one of the reasons why I stopped doing my own podcast and things like that. Like, the, there is certain resistance that comes up that is unpleasant enough to deal with that I kind of go like, what am I, what am I personally getting out of sharing this? Mm -hmm. I'm fine with just having my inner dialogue in my head. I don't want it to create conflict in my real world. Right, yeah, and I've gotten to the point of the the no fucks given, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I think it's good when we can get there. She's like, this is it. Like, if you don't like it, fine, but I have to be me, yep. and I'm going to express myself, whatever that looks like. And you also don't have to understand. And I think Joe Rogan says this a lot. And if you have enough energy. To voice how much you don't like what I'm doing, maybe you should reevaluate your life and utilize that energy in a different way. Sure. Yeah. If it's if it's someone who, and and even this causes me some some uh, anxiety. If it's someone who doesn't know me at all, it's relatively easy to kind of like shake it off. Mm -hmm. Um and. There are areas where, to, to steal um, my partner's metaphor, um, there's areas where you cause ripples. Like, you're gonna, you're, if you're throwing a stone into the pond, there's going to be a ripple. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like a judgment about that being a good ripple or a bad ripple, but it's going to move other people's boats. And it's like, yeah, the growth comes from you figuring out how to secure your boat if it's rocky. Mm -hmm. And also, like, the ripples are going to come back toward me. And it's like, how much of that do I want to deal with? Like, I... I like keeping myself pretty contained away from other people's... Mm -hmm. But you're going to keep telling us conflict. the stories, right? <laughs> I thought about stopping yesterday, and I did not. So it's continued on, and it's, mm -hmm. it's going through. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to say don't, don't stop. 
Um, keep going. And by the time you all hear this, you know, it'll probably be a week or so out from yeah. here. Um, but keep looking for it. I'm um, thinking about moving them because I don't like the format of telling them on Instagram because, like, I've had to take, like, Tuesday, I had to break into two posts, mm-hmm. but Wednesday I'm having to break into eight posts. Yeah. And I'm realizing that that format is probably not very digestible, even though more people will read it if it's there. So I'm thinking of moving it to my website in the next day or two because like the days, something that Katie had said before I left was that the days are very long. And I kind of like, you know, we all think like, yeah, a day can be long, especially a day can be long when you don't enjoy yourself somewhere. And a day is really long when from sunrise to sunset, it's really hot and you don't know anyone and there's never an escape from noise and stimulation. Like there's always shit. I've spent less time with my headphones on since I've been home than I probably have in a long time because I love having like music in my head mm-hmm. and I used it there to black out whatever anybody else was playing and here it's like alright let's just be in silence a little bit right now Right. and the mutual album which is amazing uh, I haven't dove into it yet oh, um, <laughs> more cuddlies <laughs> but, but I definitely will uh, so knowing knowing you and how you have this practice how did you maintain your practice how uh, what did you do I I woke up at like generally similar time to what I do in Philadelphia maybe actually a little earlier uh there was one day that I woke up specifically to watch the sunrise so I woke up at 5 30 but generally I was getting up 6 6 30 and that was one of the best hours of the day because it was like a lot of people were asleep who had finished partying there were some people that were literally just finishing partying like Mm -hmm. I saw some of the greatest sights while I was doing my morning meditation Um, and yeah I would meditate outside I sort of lived at a circus camp we moved around a few times there were complications but I had like some tie to that place so uh like i still had meals there most of the time so i was sort of had to make it there at some point during the day so i'd usually go there in the morning and do my meditation and i had my rings were set up there and i had my hammock there so i would do my training in the morning when there was like the fewest amount of people around because i don't like to move when there's people around Mm -hmm. um and that was that was fun there was like one dude at the camp who always like would joke with me because I was so the opposite. Like I was there at six thirty, like meditating for like forty five minutes, and I would do my practice, and he would see it was like this very specific thing, and then maybe an hour later he'd start to see people show up and like kind of like play around, and they were having like just playing on the equipment, and mm-hmm. I had my routine, and I, I clung to that routine, the way that a hermit crab clings to a shell. <laughs> this is my shell. No, I'm back in it. That was your safe space. Love my safe space. <laughs> so that, so your practice then was like, you know, let's say maybe two hours. Probably around there. And then um, you had another 22 hours to kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, eight of those I slept. <laughs> uh, several of those I ate. Uh-huh, right, right. Um... I I had a few days, like, I got there on Monday and got there midday and it was very, like, logistical. So that was just sort of, like, 
getting things in place, getting everything parked and figuring out where we were going to be camping, which changed. And they were things that took up time. Like there was mm -hmm. a lot of logistical things that took up a lot of time. Uh, but I would generally, I'd say from like Wednesday on, I would go on one little like journey where I would like bike out somewhere if the bike was working and didn't break and I had to go be at a bike shop and mm -hmm. <laughs> figure out how to fix my own bike, which <laughs> is a thing you'll hear me blog about. Uh -huh. Right, right. <laughs> but um, there were things like that. I, I would honestly, I'd kind of go for like a walk. I would treat it the way that I would if I was in like a city, basically. Mm -hmm. If I was like staying in a foreign city, I would pick a direction and I would carry a stack of books with me. And if I was lucky enough to have a laptop, which I didn't, maybe that would come and my journal and I'd walk and I'd find the place that I could sit and I could read and or write. Mm -hmm. And that's really like what I like to do with my non practice free time. Like when it's like, okay, I didn't dedicate this to meditating and moving. So, or administrative work. So then it's going to be either like journaling or reading or something like that. Some mm -hmm. type of, ideally self-betterment type of other practice uh -huh. and so mostly it would be like who has shade and and who actually this is something that's coming up in the next post i wrote who invites me in because i they a lot of camps are open a lot of camps are confusing it's mm -hmm. like is this a place that someone can hang out or is this more reserved some are very obvious and then some are not at all where it's like okay is this just somebody's like little trailer friend group that they've set up and they've just kind of blocked it off. Um, so, and I'm somebody that doesn't feel comfortable like putting myself in situations unless I know I am wanted there. So mm -hmm. like the first day I went for a walk, um, this sweet like Australian group, they were so cute. They had this big like mural that they wanted colored in and I was so fucking thirsty. And I wanted to ask somebody for water and I'd already finished off my bottle. Mm -hmm. And they were like, would you come and color our mural? And I was like, sure, could I have a glass of water? And like, <laughs> you could just have the glass of water. You have a color, no color, a color, just, just a water please. <laughs> So they were kind of the days, was I would go out wandering and I'd find somewhere to read and occasionally there would be something that would happen. But mm -hmm. um, uh, I stumbled into a breathing class. That was a really, that was a really wonderful afternoon. I was really lonely that day. Mm -hmm. um, that was Wednesday. And if you read my Tuesday post, there's a lot of F-bombs and a lot of calling people assholes in that one. <laughs> So Wednesday, I got up early and I went for a walk, and this um, this woman invited me into their camp that they were going to do a sound bath, and it turned into a holotropic breathing class mm. that was it was wonderful, and it was it was it was something that I would like to do if I was not at Burning Man, and I rarely do just because I get in my routine. So yes, there's mm -hmm. the upside of being in a different environment that forces you to do something that you do on your own but not in community and that was actually I think the big thing about that was like oh here's something I would have done alone in my apartment that I did in community mm -hmm. and I do that rarely nice yeah nice yeah um did you reach out to anyone like Philly World saying hey is anyone gonna be at Burning Man anyone going because I honestly I didn't know you were going until yeah you know we were chatting about trying to set up a time to talk and you're like oh I'm going to Burning Man 
Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, like, you know, Zeph Willow? Yeah. He was there. Yeah, I saw somewhere. he was brewing something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know where. And yeah. I was wondering, like, if you actually, you know, said, yeah. hey, this is coming. Another thought that I had. Yeah. Uh, that I wanted to ask. Yeah, please. When you left Philadelphia, yeah. there was a little bit of struggle getting out of Almost a little bit of struggles. You oh, left your wallet gracious. at home? I dropped it. I thought I had left it. I dropped it, like, when I was leaving my house, like, out on the sidewalk. Oh. What happened was, like, most of the... I tried to bring things that didn't have labels, because that is kind of, like, a thing that you're supposed to not have, like, labels. And so all my clothes that don't have labels don't have pockets. Mm. So I borrowed a backpack from my sister because my backpack has a label on it. has like a, a logo, not a label. Mm-hmm. And um, her backpack didn't have a, well, it had a small logo that I could easily glue a patch over, which is what I did. And nothing I had had a pocket and I put it kind of in the backpack, but I guess it had bounced out when I was like locking up and everything. And so I got to the airport and um, realized I did not have my wallet. I had my passport which would have allowed me to check in, but I couldn't pay for my bags. And there was $70 in baggage fees because I get the cheapest flight available. Mm-hmm, and sure. You don't get anything for free. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was, that was, and that was an adventure. That was, I remember seeing that and I'm like, Oh, Oh, like after I, that kind of came back into my realization after seeing mm. the post. I'm like, was this a subconscious thing that he left? I was thinking that man I was thinking like am I just trying to stop myself from going and when I found out I had actually dropped it I was like okay I'll take that as like just an event that happened and it Mm -hmm. makes sense with all the circumstances that I'm in Um, but it arrived on time and it was it it did not um, but I managed (laughs) to get it well what happened was Um, I had my mom and my stepdad on the phone who decided they were going to try to drive it down to me Mm -hmm. and, but I didn't have enough time to get through security and go through all of that. So I'm trying to get my mom to go on the website on the phone to pay for the bags through some type of online portal Mm -hmm. and she can't figure it out. She has a hard time with internet stuff as it is, but eventually I had to do it and it is... So confusing. Mm-hmm. And initially, the woman behind the counter was like really being very closed off and like, I am not available. You figure this out. And I don't know, like, I caught myself getting to my anxious, like, like, mom, just look at this. And, and I know she's getting like frustrated because it's like she's trying to help me. And I'm mm-hmm. getting, so then I'm kind of like, mom, it's you and me. We're the only ones. You're all I got right now. Like, I know that this is really like hard. But you're all I have. And I really think that was pulling on this woman's heartstrings, uh-huh. <laughs> the baggage thing. So she slowly started kind of helping me. And she was she was getting annoyed that I was messing things up, quote. And then when she started to do it, I think she realized that their website is not as intuitive as she thinks it is. Because right. she's never had to navigate it. And eventually they, um, they actually comped my bags. Oh, which nice. was really nice. It was like... It was a, it was definitely a moment of, okay, like you're doing everything you can, and 
we're going to lose you as a customer if we don't do right, something right. to help you out. So then you had the joy of flying across the country mm-hmm. with no with no money. I ended up getting my wallet because like I was in like the TSA line. Oh, and my okay. mom basically like tossed it to me. It's very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that was just the start to it. I was a little, I'll, I'll admit, this is my... My skepticism. I was a little worried that the woman actually didn't check my bags and she was just trying to get rid of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she was a wonderful person who wanted uh-huh. to help me out. And I was, I, I, I arrived with with all of the things. Awesome. Yes, yes, That's yes. great. Yes. Um, there were a couple times that I've traveled and I'm like, oh, well, I'm out of money. I hope everything goes as planned. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a scary feeling sometimes when you're like, oh, wow. I don't know what's going to happen. I did get that way just with, like, my concept of Burning Man is not going to cost anything once you are there Mm -hmm. um, is not entirely true. Uh, A, it costs a lot from the airport to Burning Man to, like, be prepared, and I didn't realize that and I mm-hmm. think people that have gone often also don't realize it because it's so built into well, that's just what we do and I kind of had it in my brain of like it's going to cost this much for a flight and for my ticket and that's all I have to worry about and it was more than double that when all was said and done and that definitely was a headache throughout the trip even when small expenses that you do have to pay for that do cost money like getting the sewage cleaned out of the vehicle that you're in that's not free mm-hmm. <laughs> when they come up and you go like oh shit i i don't have anything left like those types of things definitely did enter mm, yeah. <laughs> oh shit literally <laughs> very literally oh so so you want to go back i am willing to do something i don't want to do for money Mm. Yes, I am. <laughs> if you paid me and I could write about it, I might consider going. Uh-huh. But no, I don't want to go. It, it, like, I had wonderful experiences and there were things that I definitely will take away as growth promoting things. And I don't think they were unique to Burning Man. They mm. would have been possible in any time that I took 10 to 12 days out of my typical routine of teaching and I had my routine and my practices, but it was in a different environment, and I was me in a different environment, and I think that in and of itself promotes a different way of seeing the world, a different way of approaching things and people and opening you up to experiences that you wouldn't have had. And Mm -hmm. no, I don't think it was exclusive to Burning Man, and that's not where I would choose to do it personally. Uh, You asked me before about to reach out to people, and that was part of my reasoning of no, is that I knew there were probably people that I sort of knew peripherally, mm-hmm. and I, everyone like says this thing when, at least to me, um, as an introvert, a lot of people say to you, well, it's great, you're going to a place where no one knows you, then you don't have to worry, you can be yourself. And it's like, I'm myself all the time, and part of being me is kind of like reserving, is being in my own shell, mm-hmm. my shell being just my physical vehicle when I don't have the shell of my apartment with me and I didn't know how I would be able to do any of that if I was around people that I knew granted I was traveling with a friend that I knew but I knew that he had a way that he wanted things to go and he knew that I am not a person who was going to just jump into doing those things that I was just kind of 
Right. You guys are pretty, like, complete opposites in a, <laughs> in a way. We could not be more similar while being completely different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Extremely so. It's so interesting. He yeah. thrives on environments having, like, constant change and instability, uh, and I need groundedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from, like, a Chinese medicine perspective, like, I'm considered water, and he's considered wood. And wood cuts through the soil, and it's, it's, it, it bursts up everywhere. And water is constant. Water is washing, the, it's, a, it's a wave going to the shore, it's a drip that's going to wash away. And I, I'm very consistent and like consistency and like things to be, to a certain degree, predict- predictable. And when mm-hmm. I have change, it's change that I've placed in intentionally to get used to change. Right. <laughs> so one thing... Um that you wrote that I really enjoyed. Maybe you can talk about a little. Sure. You said, you know, you burnt some things, and you burnt your, I forget how you worded it, your last fuck? <laughs> yes. There are no more fucks to give because you burnt them all. Yes. Um, and that made me feel really good. I think it's a great place to get to when you're like, yeah, all the fucks are gone. Yeah. Like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And I think I'm seeing that a little in, in your writing as well, that you're really putting yourself out there. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, yeah, um, I, I I pulled it up like to have it ready on my phone because I, the the actual literal physical things that I burned are too personal to share publicly, sure. uh, and what they represented is not necessarily. And one of them was a was a it was a piece of art that I had made several years ago that has been sitting basically on my nightstand for like the last like three years mm-hmm. and the the way that I worded it in the post was like to try to get across like the only people that have seen it have been people that shared my bed meaning that like every day I look at this thing and there's some part of me that like is meditating that that's my archetype that's who I am mm-hmm. and it's a piece of art about feeling very fractured by trying to people please Oh. Yeah, by existing in community in the ways that I think that the community that I'm in wants me to be. Uh, and that kind of jumps back to the thing I was saying earlier about that like cultish mentality that I felt at Burning Man. Like, I had to like it. It's like, I have to respect your ability to like it. I don't have to like it. And mm-hmm. I know that's not everyone, but it is a thing that people do. If they're into CrossFit or yoga or they're a vegan or they're paleo or they're whatever they are, you gotta like my thing too. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. And you don't have to like mine. You right. have to respect my ability to like it and to engage with it if it's not hurting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely have been a people pleaser. I am very careful about how I exist in my own communities. Uh, not just as like I don't want to cause ripples that are going to be damaging to other boats it's like i don't want to rock the boat mm-hmm. i um i remember i might have talked about this actually on our last podcast because it's a theme for me and I, I recognize that it's going to be something i'm dealing with for a while it's not something that's going to end with one dramatic thing like ending my marriage mm-hmm. i realized at the end of my marriage that i was trying to distinguish between being nice and being kind and I realized, oh, that's my theme always, is that it's very easy to be nice. It's very easy to make people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And 
kindness means not being a dick about it, but it means being honest. It means being able to say, like, no, this is not okay. This is, like, You mean being boundary. kind to yourself. Kind to myself and kind to others. Like, mm-hmm. if especially... Okay, if it's a stranger, I might not need to call them on their shit. That's right. not necessarily being kind. It's better that I'm just nice to them. But with people that you're close to, sometimes it's 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 that's kindness as opposed to niceness as well as being able to like say like, no, this is a problem for me, uh, and uh, that's always been really, really so difficult. Really, boundaries. Yeah. Just really saying the like having your own. Boundaries and owning them. Yeah, yeah, it is hard because I've I've kind of feel that I've done that a lot. Yeah, and just recently something happened, and I realized that I shouldn't have said yes as soon as I said yes. Because yes. I was in the middle of doing something, totally. didn't really understand what was going on. It was a good friend, and really I just wanted to please them. Mm-hmm. It was like, yes, I'll do it. I'll help you. It's silly to do it that way. Let's just do it this way. We'll figure it out later. And then when later came and I sat down and like actually read through the message, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And I literally replied back. I was like, I'm so sorry. And this is something I work, I'm working on. Yeah. I should have not just said yes because I was just trying to please you. Yeah. I should have said, I'm busy right, right now. Yep. Let me do what I'm doing. Send me an email, you know what I mean? But it, it, it like took that, but I was so proud of myself for actually not going through yeah. with it and actually saying, I, I really can't. Even though I want to help, it's just not going to be beneficial yeah, for any of us. I totally know what you mean. But it's, I mean, almost my whole life I've been working on how, how do I get to that spot of having that boundary to be like, I want to help you, but I, I can't. Yes. And it's hard when you are always wanting to please people it's very hard and the thing that I've also found hard is knowing what I want like I've realized how little I actually think about that what I want is for whoever I'm around to be okay Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely have stuff from childhood that is like let me just make sure everyone's okay Mm -hmm. that's what I get that's when I'm okay is when no one else is upset. Right. Uh, and I think now I can, unfortunately it's going to have to be a gap for a little while while I figure it out. I think now my delay in responding comes off this flakiness sometimes Mm -hmm. and I am ruminating on it. It like really is like, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, I don't want to sub this class or I don't want to, but it's like, but I know like, I know you need it, and I'm technically available, and all I was going to do was read, but that's my time that I then feel more invested when I show up to class, and being mm-hmm. able to know like that that is a boundary that's okay, yeah. that's, that my time is valuable, and it doesn't just have to be in service all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and I, not to say I am selfless, I'm far from selfless. I'm oh, a very oh selfish sure, person sure, sure. Because of the fact that I don't take enough space for myself when I am in certain environments that then the polar opposite has to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like I have to pull myself completely out of any socialness and just, this is purely for me 
and fuck everything else. Yeah. And it's not a it's not a it's not a good way to exist in community. It's a fine way to exist. You right. can have these different selves that you play of like, oh, in this place I am the teacher. In this place I am the student. In this place I am the friend who gets emotional and cries. In this one I'm the one who holds shit together and is very stable and they're all pieces of what make up a whole and figuring out what that is and what that person wants mm-hmm. is um, that's a whole new thing yeah and tiring it can be very tiring I would think it's I, I wouldn't call it tiring um, you're not going to it's not easy mm-hmm. it's it, it, it takes effort that's for sure. And I think that's probably where you get the tiring from. Is it, yeah. it for sure takes effort. Most of it is effort that feels so relieving. Like, when it is well-received, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Like, I definitely have relationships that I've been able to explore this with more recently. And it has felt the opposite like it's it's taken a lot of work and then it suddenly feels like oh god that's a weight off of me like right. now I'm free again mm-hmm. um, but the ruminating on it is what's tiring is like oh this is this is a relationship or a situation where I have behaved this way for three five ten thirty eight years mm-hmm. and you're not gonna you're not gonna change it overnight and you're especially not going to change it overnight without more resistance from somebody that has a certain expectation of you just because that's the way that you've always been. Right, right. So then it becomes a practice for everyone. Yeah. Not even them knowing. Yes. So yes. I just learned this. We were, I was talking about the book earlier, and if you've been listening to the podcast, this book probably has come up now like eight times. But Kyle Case's book, The Illusion of Money, has this little exercise in it where we write down the things that we do in life, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. scrolling through Facebook, the food we eat, if we sit on the toilet too long, scrolling, whatever it is, like sure. we kind of, everything you can think of that you do, make a list of that, and then put a number, one through ten, on it, and then see how it feels in your body, is it a one, is it a five, is it a ten, because really we should want everything we're doing to be tens, mm-hmm. you know, and then he was like, take that, add it up, average it out, and just see what your number is, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where you feel in your body. Sure. And if you're at a 5.5, okay. But what can you maybe try to change a little bit? You know, if you put, when you scroll through Facebook, you might think it's appeasing your mind, but how is it really making you feel? And sure. if it's a one, maybe you only scroll, like, you, you know what I mean? Like you start noticing what it is you're actually doing. And sure. where your time is going, how it's, it's making you feel. And he's like, just pick one or two things. Yeah. A week and just see if you can change it a little bit. Like me and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I love the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. And people might be like, it's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's candy. It is. <laughs> it's fucking candy. You know? And I've come you, you know, with this way of justifying it over the years sure. that oh no, it's a sandwich. <laughs> it's yeah. Peanuts. It's peanuts. Jelly, it's grapes, it's okay. Um, you got my fruit, got, right? You know, protein, and I can yeah. eat it and feel good, but then not, you know. Sure, absolutely. So I can say, absolutely. oh, it's a ten. It's not a ten. It's like a two, right? But if I take a step, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to eat peanut butter and jellies for a week and see mm-hmm. how I feel. And I know, silly example, but I thought it was a great exercise of just 
really kind of being mindful and looking at where we where we're putting our time, where we're putting our energy, mm-hmm. and what really makes us feel good. And sure. a lot of times, the things that make us feel good are the things that we're not doing for anyone else. It's the things that we're doing for ourselves, mm-hmm. but we feel we need to be doing all of these things to to please. At least that's the way I am. Yeah. To please other other people. Um. Yeah, I can resonate with that a little bit. My there it's there definitely is like a having like a purpose thing that is part of it like I think that was a that was a concern of going to Burning Man in general was like oh when I had a job that I was doing I have a purpose there and mm-hmm. that that has some sense of like belonging and fitting in mm-hmm. in a way that just going there did not but I wouldn't have felt that if I was just like taking a vacation so I don't know why I had that sense like there because if I had said oh I'm going to take a week to hike the Appalachian Trail and journal then I wouldn't have well mm, well to a certain degree there's a little bit of like how do I bring this back Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know I guess I think there's value in that but it can be taken to an extreme Mm -hmm. so I guess because I I, want to take my typical Taoist approach and say that I I think it's both I think there is value to like how do I bring this back into community? And as someone that avoids being in community, I, when I'm alone, I will ruminate on, like, well, what are you doing for your community? You're not spending time with them. You're not making somebody who is feeling lonely not feel lonely. So how do you bring something back from this time? And um, I think that makes it even more when there's not the space necessarily being filled with other people. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the, how it's going to go, or what even I'm going for there. Um, well, I think, just what you've shared in the last three days have been. Sure, some people may not have liked it, but I'm from people that I'm chatting with and hearing, everyone's loving it. That's great. And just loving that, like it's real, you know. Yes. And it's not like yes. Noah's, do you see Noah's being a dick? So no, <laughs> Noah is actually being very honest with himself. And it's like the no fucks given. It's like, yes. Take yeah. it, yeah. like it. You're, I don't take it as you're trying to be hurtful or mean. Yeah. It's your yeah. truth. Yes. And it's beautiful because I think, I think so many people don't express their truths. Yeah. Fully. And I think in seeing what you've been putting out, it is like you're not really holding back. It's like this is it. Yeah. This, this is my experience. That's what I. That's right. what happened in Wrong. my life. Yep. You know, <laughs> this is my story. Here's what I thought about when this person talked to me this way. Here's what happened here. My um my two friends that I did make while I was there, uh, I, I'm hesitant to say their names because I have to text them this week to even ask them about how how to include them in my blog but were this older couple in their 60s mm-hmm. who reminded me the the gentleman reminded me of my stepdad for sure and the woman didn't remind me of my mom but we had like a similar relationship while I was there like I would chat with her a little bit more than I would chat with him mm-hmm. but um but he reminded me so much of my stepdad. He just, like, he wanted to fix everything. It was like he wanted to be in, like, active service all the time. Mm-hmm. It was like he'd hear me complain about something that was going on with our camp. And it was like, let me see if I can. I'll go get my tools and I'll take a look. And it's <laughs> and then his body's, like, definitely in trouble. And then I want to do something for him. But anyway, mm-hmm. point being, 
it was wonderful to hang out with two people who I wouldn't have expected in that environment. And they definitely had no fucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and just being able to sit there and talk to them about their lives and mm-hmm. why they were there, like all of that was fascinating as well. But I, I love good like those kind of random things that happened. Two years ago, I photographed the Philadelphia Naked Bike Ride. Oh, cool. Only because like, not as much as Burning Man, but I was like, I, I, I want to experience this sure. and I want to photograph it. And a friend of mine was doing body painting and they were really trying to pull back on just allowing anyone to come photograph mm. it because mm. everyone really is naked. Sure. In some variety. Sure, exactly. You know, so exactly. they're like, we can't just let whoever come. So it was like, we're really bringing it in. So if you want to come, let us know. So I'm like, here's a perfect opportunity. I'll, you know, put myself out and go. Um, I totally had on a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt and hat. It was cold that day. And everyone's like, you're not stripping down? I'm like, no, I'm taking pictures. I do not need to get naked. Nor sure. am I there yet in just my being to just walk around sure. naked sure. taking pictures. But as I was there, there was an older couple, probably in their 60s, having a picnic. Fully clothed, having a picnic. Well, all of these people around them are yep. completely naked or like friends. painting or doing whatever. <laughs> and I walked up to them and I'm like, I want to take your picture if it's okay. Because just the way this is, it's like, it's just amazing yes. image because you're just like, fuck it. We're going to have a picnic. Yeah. And the woman was like, but we're going to get naked. I'm like, I'm sure you are. But right now, you're a 60-year-old couple that looks like you just stumbled upon this park yeah. amongst a bunch of naked people. And we're just like, whatever, we're still going to have our picnic. And she's like, well, we're hungry, and we just wanted to eat before we go. <laughs> right? I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. It, you know, just, and she yeah. was like, well, will you, will you at least come back when we're naked to take our picture? I'm like, oh, of course. You know, I'm like, but this is, like, you can't. Yeah. And they, you know, were just the sweetest yeah. couple that I would have never... I mean, I didn't know what to expect going sure. into it, but I would have never expected yeah. that. I'm like, yes. wow, you guys were great. And then, you know, later on in the day, I went back when everyone was getting ready, and they had just gotten, like, painted, and they were all ready to roll, and they were on their bikes, and they were like, ah, oh, you're back. I'm like, of course. I, like, yeah. I had to come yeah. get get the other other piece of this. But like, amazing. you know, you never know what you're going to... He, I, I remember, asked, she did not like it she did not like it there she and she was more the environment i was saying like i could deal with the environment if this wasn't going on like i the things that i found the most amazing were the sunsets sunsets Mm -hmm. were amazing they're incredible and that was like oh i had never quite realized oh pollution (laughs) a beautiful sunset (laughs) but um but her thing was more the environment but she was like yeah i i i I don't like it here and i was kind of like why are you here and she's like, well, he was really interested in it, and I love him, and he wants to come. And I'm like, well, why were you here? And he, and he, and he, he goes, um, well, I like the idea of nonconformity and burning an effigy. And I was like, I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, sir. <laughs> and they were just there on their own? They just randomly? They just they rented a, an RV and drove there. Yeah, they lived up north close to Canada and used to work in... Uh, fire prevention and wildlife preservation and had amazing stories about their home and it was just like we're just going to go see what this thing is literally because as he put it I like the idea of non-conformity and burning an effigy and I was like I, I love you <laughs> so um, I'm spending all my time with you <laughs> did you actually like when you say you burnt things mm-hmm. 
is there is there stuff that's burned all the time or is it no. just like at the end like the massive thing that gets burned there are a few controlled burns the main ones are the second to last the second to last of what's considered the second to last day of the festival it kind of like drags over where people who still were involved with building camps are staying a little bit longer to break down but not much because it's pretty much gone by I think Tuesday I left on Monday early morning and it was already like the city which by the way for people that have not been there like look at above pictures of it I'm sure at some point I will post one but I had no idea the magnitude, like how big it actually is. When mm -hmm. people like say things like, oh, well, they build their own airport and they have their own post office. And it's like, I had no idea the size of this thing. Like really just conceptually. Like you can sort of hear somebody talk about it. You're like, oh yeah, it sounds big. Mm -hmm. 80,000 people, that's a lot of people. But like really seeing what it looks like above from a plane if somebody's skydiving in or something like that it's massive mm -hmm. but the second to last day they burn the man and the last day they build the temple and the temple the temple was my favorite place i mean i went there a lot and i expected to like the temple i know myself mm -hmm. i expected to hate burning man and i expected to love the temple and i was correct uh -huh. <laughs> i spent a lot of time at the temple um and the temple is this Beautiful structure, but it's always different. Every year they build a new temple, they build a new man. And people write things on the wall, they post things on the wall, they'll post pictures, they'll post poems, uh, bracelets, whatever it is that's related to someone they lost or something that they're trying to let go of. And it's amazing. I spend hours reading people's messages and looking at people's pictures and then sitting there i had one night where i had done a that was the only night i had done a large amount of well i didn't do this because i was on federal land and i would definitely not eat any illicit substances but uh -huh. if they weren't illegal i might have eaten mushrooms uh -huh. and i would have meditated there uh -huh. for well over an hour and just kind of like sat and listened to people listen to them cry listen to them talk to each other like I had already read stuff on the walls at other times, and this time I just kind of listened, was in the energy of it. And um, that, was, that was very powerful <clears throat> in a way that I've never felt power in any other temple because you knew that everyone was there because of something or someone in that year that they had specifically had to let go of or wanted mm -hmm. to let go of. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't all bad. No, I thought there were several beautiful things, and mm -hmm. I, I get, I get the idea behind some of them. I really right. do. I, I think that there are definitely principles that are not embodied by everyone, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, there are things that are absolutely disgraceful. Um, and granted, I is not pejoratively. I know some people that love Burning Man say like, yeah, there, there are. It's getting worse, and I kind of go like, well, I don't know what you mean by that because I've only been once, and it's not my thing. But an example I see is like there's a principle of moop, of matter out of place, that if you see litter, you clean it up. Mm -hmm. You don't leave it and you don't, if you don't leave it yourself, and if you saw it with your own eyes, it's now yours. It's your job to retrieve it. And it's a beautiful concept. Uh, and there are times that you find litter, I, I will say overall, not too bad. I felt like what I had to clean up and identify. 
but you get two miles off of it, and there is trash and mattresses that people throw onto native land. Mm. I mean, the land in general, and I, I but it's that's disgraceful. Uh, and I definitely saw several things, and that was that was the biggest example of like really, really problematic behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's my like most tangible example that I yeah. have in this moment. I'm looking that's for other part. ones, but that's like a that's an exclamation point on that has to be solved. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's it's no wonder that there does feel like tension between locals and people that are going there. I felt a lot of tension. Uh, I had people walk up to me like the day before, you have to like get everything. So you gotta go to Whole Foods, you gotta go to Target. And part of me just assumed it's like small-ish city of Reno and then the surrounding area. And now you have this influx of an incredible amount of people and out of those people, some people are assholes. Mm -hmm. That's inevitable with any group. Sure. Um, But... I don't know, it felt like there was more than just inappropriate behavior. There was definitely some real problems. Wow. Like, it's not just bringing money into the community, either. it's causing the community some distress, and that has to be really examined. And I'm sure that there are people that do examine it, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there certainly are people that are not examining it enough, and that's for sure. Right, <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's just not... Even if someone was to pay me to go photograph it, there would really need to be some serious. <laughs> I would need to be paid a lot, <laughs> and I, like I would really need like very comfortable conditions. Yes. Yes. To put my body in, you know, like yeah, or I just wouldn't like I, I just wouldn't be able to to do it. Like I saw, I actually didn't listen. I saw uh, Jason Silva video, mm-hmm. but I didn't listen to it. But he looked like he was fine, like he was happy, and I'm sure he had a very comfortable place to they, stay. He lives somewhere very, very, very different. I mean, there is, like, there's a clear... You see people that have showered every day and are comfortable, and then... And that's how I was comfortable going and didn't end up going that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that that's a thing when some people say, oh, it's gotten worse. It's like, oh, well, it's rich people that are coming and showering, and, and I, I don't know, maybe. I, I don't know. I... I don't know if they're the ones that are throwing the mattresses in the trash from the native land. Perhaps they are. I don't know who does that. Right. Um, but um, but there are more issues other than just the amount of money that comes into it and then the luxury that some people have. Uh, although I know that's the one that I felt the most vocalization around. It is a relatively affluent crowd, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize or expect. Or Well, the tickets are fairly expensive, no? There are different tears there Uh-oh. is they do a really high sale at the beginning and part of that is to subsidize some of the costs where then they offer like a financial aid ticket and then they offer a general ticket so there's like three different tickets i don't know what the numbers are that they're sold in but the really really high end is like a thousand dollars the middle end is like 500 and then the low end is like 250 a little pricey. It is, but for a week in a place, I mean, granted, you have to have to put out more money yourself unless someone else is doing all the stuff for you. Right. Um, but yeah, it's at least tiered in a way where supposedly, I mean, if you're paying 250 to be in the space and you're 
living in a tent and like I've talked to Katie about her experience and like she brought a meal and she hooked up with like eight other people and each person brought a meal and then they would cook their meal for that day and they Mm -hmm. did it in a way to try to make it the most cost effective for them as a group that didn't like weren't coming into it with like money and resources right right. I attached partially onto another camp where they do it every year and they like really like plan for it so I like paid for a meal plan and I paid to rent a bike and there were smaller costs of these things that it would have been to do had I have just done it myself Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah they were they were quite pricey and definitely created a financial stress that I didn't plan going in (laughs) <laughs> but the experience, the experience. Oh, the ex- experience is priceless. That's what the guy in front of me in the bike shop tried to tell me one day. Mm-hmm. So they'll get that post. Right. That, that's coming. That's right. my Thursday. So <laughs> we're, we're about to hit an hour. Cool. Anything else you uh, want to share? How about like most enjoyable piece? Um, I mean, I would say probably like being at the temple, really. Like there were in, and, and meeting my, my two my two older friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really that the the night that I hung out at the temple was really special and uh, I I think a lot of people agree like there's these weird moments that you can have when you're having like a transcendental experience, whether you're meditating, whether you're yeah, at a meditation retreat or on psychedelics or whatever it is, where all of these things happen that seem like weird coincidences that I th- my belief is they happen all the time and we tend to ignore them mm-hmm. and we just kind of our brain compartmentalizes and says well that's not important right. and this just kind of makes you start to like see those things that are happening that are uh, small tangent I won't take us too long for an hour I don't know it's all good I remember I was playing this gig in my early 20s I just graduated from college and there was this guy who like kind of took me on he was like he was like an older musician who I was like 22 he was probably in his 60s and he took me on as like his like little protege as we were playing this gig together in the middle of nowhere in Rhode Island Mm -hmm. Uh, and I remember him talking about how he thought that those synchronicities or the um, uh, deja vus he said he believed they were moments where you were crossed that we're all born kind of with this set path we're like a planet and we're on an orbit, but objects move us off of our orbit, their gravitational pull changes, and we would experience those things whenever we crossed over what our orbit was intended to be. And it feels that way when you're having one of those moments. And that, that whole night of sitting in the temple, listening to people, of like, looking up at the exact moment that the person who was supposed to meet me was biking past the entrance to the temple. Um, Just weird things that align Mm -hmm. uh, felt right. And I I always enjoy times where I can put myself in the space to have those. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a gift of Burning Man. I think that it is a place where people put themselves in circumstances for those types of gifts to arise. Right, right. And I think it's just you're putting yourself in awareness, in yes. a space of awareness exactly. to see exactly whatever may yeah, whatever yeah. may arrive, which is a lot of like manifest manifesting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to set the intention and then do the work, most likely you're going to attract it. 
And you're going to notice it when it's... And that's it's right, and that's out. the thing, because you're doing the work, not just blinking your eyes and thinking. Yeah. But it's the work that has to go in. I think one of the things that I really enjoy about this this conversation is that it's been coming up a lot on the podcast. Just be yourself. Find your truth. Yeah. Speak your truth. But don't try to get anyone else to buy into your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Let Bob's truth be Bob's truth, and my truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. And we can all be in beautiful community, but just because we're in a community doesn't mean that all of our truths have to be the same. <laughs> and I think that's just coming to me, you know, through all of this, in something that I really want to get out to people. Like, find your truth. Find what you connect with, and own it. Don't let don't let me push you to another truth. Don't let Noah push you to another truth. Maybe you love Burning Man. Maybe you don't. But allow yourself to really feel whatever you're feeling. Like, it, this is your experience. Totally. And I, I love that that kind of, that's what I'm getting. You know, really the biggest thing that I'm learning from all of your posts is seeing you be your truth. And it's beautiful. I so appreciate thank you that. for thank that. You, I really appreciate it. Everyone else, go follow Noah at Noah Moves. I'll link him down below. And really quick, kind of off topic a little, but I've been doing this a little bit as Please. well. One book you would recommend some people to check out. Oof, God, that's right. I know, you read so much. I read a lot, yeah. Um, you want to give me a, a jumping point? What for? The truth, finding their truth, being yourself, <laughs> the doing... Well, um, uh, well, you know what, actually, I will give you what I consider to be one of the most important books to me, and it's Prometheus Rising, and it's sitting on the top of that shelf because that has been my security blanket probably since I was 19. Wow. I love that book. It's um, Robert calls himself a speculator, and it's the idea that he doesn't buy into anyone's bullshit, especially not his own. And it's a, a lot of the book is exercises and a lot of it is like one of the first exercises I remember I did it every day for a year and it was one of the earlier meditation practices I had. It was go look for a quarter every day and like for the first week or month or whatever you imagine that you're manifesting the quarter. For the next month you imagine that there are quarters everywhere and you're bound to find a quarter. Uh, for a month you... I don't remember, but the point is you keep putting yourself in all of these circumstances and you figure out what your thinker thinks, what you believe, and whatever it is that you believe, your prover will prove because your ego is so fragile and it doesn't want to be destroyed. It's going to prove you, it's going to prove you right. Whatever you want to see is what you're going to find. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is getting to kind of know what this thing is underneath what you call I or self and I love practices that kind of question my my view of myself I called myself a musician I called myself a whatever yoga teacher and these these things have had been forced into change I've chosen change with them uh, and I, I, I like realizing like there's something that still exists when those concepts are taken away awesome sweet I'm so happy I asked that question okay. Because now I'm going to have to get that book just because I want to do that quarter, that quarter <laughs> trick. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, Noah. Thank you for uh, sharing your truth with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Cheers.